thank you, choir, for ushering us into the throne room of God this morning. What a wonderful, wonderful display of God's majesty in song. I'm Associate Pastor Bessie Hayes, and I am grateful this morning to my pastor, Pastor Anthony Moore, for this opportunity to stand before you and declare what God has given to me to give to you this morning. Before we get into our sermonic presentation for this morning, let's do our Bible creed. Wherever you are, in your home, in your office, on the road, lift up your Bibles and let's do our Bible creed. Let's do it together. This is my Bible, God's holy word. It's a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my pathway. The grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. When I open my Bible, God opens his mouth. When I close my Bible, God closes his mouth. When I live in it and abide by it, I shall live life at its best. Preacher, we are ready for the word. Amen. And while you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 and 25. And it reads, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. I have tagged this sermon this morning. You are built for this. You are built for this. Tell someone who's in your house with you, you are built for this. Put that in the chat. You are built for this. When a builder begins the process of erecting a building or building a home, after the land has been prepared, the contractor doesn't put up the frame first, nor does he put up the walls first, because each of these components must be attached to something strong and sturdy to enable it to stand. The contractor lays the foundation first. Everything else depends on the foundation. The foundation determines the strength of the building and the foundation must be made of strong material so that it can provide what the building needs to stand, what the components need to stand. In 2018, Hurricane Michael came roaring into Mexico City, Florida, packing category winds of 153 miles per hour. Almost every structure in its path sustained major damage or destruction, but one house withstood the storm. What is it that makes the difference between one home left standing and another home completely destroyed? Is it the quality of the building materials? I would say no, because some of the homes destroyed were multi-million dollar homes. 
only the best material were used to construct those homes, as well as the one that was left standing. I submit to you today that the difference between the two was what they were built on. In our text, Jesus uses the same analogy to bring out his final point in his conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount. You can find the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. It does not matter if you're talking about the foundation of a physical building or the foundation upon which you have built your life. The principle is the same. What you use for your foundation will determine the strength of your structure. Let's take a look at our text in Matthew chapter 7, 24 through 25. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the flood comes and the winds beat against, against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus tells this parable. A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a spiritual lesson. Jesus's parable compares and contrasts the two builders, one wise and one foolish. He emphasizes how critical it is to have a foundation, a strong foundation. We should not be surprised that Jesus uses a building metaphor because he was a carpenter. He had probably built the furniture that people of his day had in their homes. And he also probably built the homes themselves. Jesus knew the difference between a solidly built house and a sloppily built one. Building a house is simply an analogy for building a life. Case in point, the only way you can be built for the storms and situations in life is to ensure you are building on the right foundation. Somebody ought to put that in the chat. In this passage, there are two things about the houses that are the same and two things that are different. Both houses are similar in construction and both houses must withstand storms. But each house has different material upon which its foundation is laid. And as a result, each house has a different outcome. One house is built by a wise man on a rock to withstand the storms. The other is built by a foolish man on the sand and it collapses. How do you know if you have built your house on the right foundation? When your this comes, will you be able to handle it? Preacher, you keep saying my, th my this. What does my this mean? Your this may be an unwelcome diagnosis. Your this may also be an eviction notice. It might be a termination notice. It might be a broken down car and you don't have the money 
to pay for it, to get it repaired. This comes in all forms. This is the storms in life that we encounter. Let's take a closer look and examine the two structures, because if we're going to be built for our this, then we need to know what we are built on. Point number one, different foundations. The homes had different foundations. The first thing I notice from the text is although both houses look similar on the outside, a house that can withstand the storms of life is different on the inside. Nothing in the text suggests that both houses were different in appearance. In John chapter 15, verses five through eight, Jesus says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my disciples. Our outward appearance does not distinguish us from other persons. We can look similar to the next person, but it is our abiding in Jesus and producing fruit that shows that we are his disciples. It is us remaining in him, the vine, that allows us to weather the storms in life. What type of fruit are you producing? Put that in the chat. What type of fruit are you producing? We must pay attention to the way we live. Do we live in humility and faithfulness? We must pay attention to what we say. Do we speak words of righteousness based on God's word? Or is it us being self-centered and wanting everything our own way? And then we must pay attention to how we respond to the word. Are we growing in Jesus or are we just looking to be entertained, coming and going when we please, not serving, not giving? And when things don't go our way, eventually we fall away. How are you living today, my brothers and my sisters? How are you following the mandate that Christ has given to us in his word? If you are built for your this you will not just have the appearance of a believer, but you will be producing good fruit. It is not what's on the outside that makes the difference. It's what's on the inside. What's on the inside of you will have to show up on the outside at some point when you're going through your this. As an example, when I was pregnant with my son, I was pregnant long before persons knew I was pregnant, unless I told them. I had a baby growing on the inside, but there was no outward demonstration of that me being pregnant. But at about the fourth month, I started to show. And when I showed, everyone around me could tell that something was going on in my belly. And I was expecting something to happen, a baby to be born. 
So what is on the inside of you must show up on the outside when you're going through your storms. If what people see on the outside of you when you're going through your this is no different than what other people do when they have issues, then Jesus is not on your inside the way you expect him to be. You're not following him what, according to his word and your foundation is shaking. Point number one, you there were different foundations for the two houses that we've been discussing this morning. Point number two, you must have a strong foundation. Secondly, how do you know that you're built for your this? You're built for your this when you have a strong foundation. And that strong foundation is built on Jesus. Jesus says, the only way to build a strong foundation is by obeying his word. Jesus's final statements in his sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7, verse 24, he says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. The key to a strong foundation is in Jesus saying, it is in him saying, my teaching. The key to, the, to a strong foundation is in Jesus saying, my teachings. That's what he says in the text. Throughout the New Testament, the final, ultimate, and exclusive authority for believers is the word spoken by Christ. In the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20, Jesus command, commanded the church to teach whatever I have commanded you. He tells us that when we go out and we baptize and we bring persons into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, in verse 20 of Matthew 28, he says, teach them whatsoever I have commanded you. Jesus says also in Matthew chapter four, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Jesus further says to us in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. This is Jesus giving us instructions. Yes, Jesus declares that you hear his words, but he doesn't just stop there. He goes on to say that we must act upon his words. If you're going to be built for this you must actually do what Jesus wants you to do. Hearing his word is not enough. Only as you obey his words, are you building your life on his words. James chapter one, <clears throat> verse 22 says, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving your own selves. When you are seeking to obey Jesus's teaching, when you have made a commitment to obey his words, he says, you are a wise person building on the right foundation. Everything around you may not be perfect, but because you have built on a strong foundation, Jesus, you still find yourself standing strong in the midst of your trials and tribulations. If you've built 
your home on Jesus, if your life is built on him, then you still find yourself standing strong no matter what comes your way. Point number three, we're still standing through your storms. We see why from this discussion, it is so critical to build on the strong foundation because being built for this means we must be able to stand through our storms. Jesus says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet, yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Rains and floods and winds suggest that we receive opposition from above, from beneath and all around. However, the stability of the man, the wise man's house was due to the fact that it was built not upon just the rock. It was built upon the rock and the rock is Jesus. Jesus doesn't pull any punches. Just look at how the word and is used in, in chapter seven, verse 25. Jesus does not say if the rain, if the rain falls or if the floods come or if the winds blow, he says, and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house. Jesus tells us straight up that storms will come. You cannot live this life and not experience storms. Storms are going to come in our lives. It is how we respond to them that makes the difference between us and someone who does not know Jesus. And if we walk with Christ for any length of time, if you've walked with him for any length of time, you've found that people who hear and do what Jesus says have the very same crises in their lives that people have who don't do what he says. That's because obedience to Christ doesn't mean you won't get rained on. Anyone who tells you that the Christian life for believers is all sunny days, they've lied to us. The storms of life are what tests us. It is the storms that reveal the strength of your foundation. Only, only the life founded upon and guided by the principles of Christ shall be able to stand through the storm. His teaching is the rock. All else, all else is shifting sand. And so the person who builds on the rock is a person that expects storms to come. How many of you know that storms will come? There's no stopping them. Sometimes storms come with warning and other times they come suddenly without warning. But rest assured, storms will come in your life. And when the storm does come, it will test what is hidden on the inside of you. Have you hidden God's word in your heart so that when you need a word, you can recall it? Have you studied and meditated on his word? Have you prayed to him? That's what empowers us. To, to deal with the storms when they come in our lives. Now, Jesus says here in the text, the rain descended and the flood rivers came and the winds blew and burst against that house. Just because you are obedient to Jesus's word 
does not guarantee protection from trouble. We all know trouble comes, but obedience to his word is protection in the troubles. If and when you operate under God's word, you, me, us, we're under his covenant covering. Look at it like this. When it's raining, you will most likely reach for your umbrella, open it up, put it over your head before going outside. Now, the umbrella does not stop it from raining, but it does stop the rain from getting you wet. Although it does not change, the umbrella does not change what's happening around you, it does change what happens to you. Likewise, when you're under God's covenant covering, the circumstances, the trials, the challenges of life may not change because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. But God will cover you in such a way that they do not pour down on you as they would without his covering. James chapter one, verse two says, consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The trials of life are nothing unusual. But if we let endurance have its perfect work, we'll be made mature and complete, lacking nothing. That's James 1 verses 2 through 4. And so it's not that we find joy in our storms. No one does. But that we will find joy over the product the storm produces in us which is maturity. David said in Psalm 23, verse four, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He understood, David understood that there was going to be some tough days, but he didn't fear because the Lord was with him. Yes, you may lose some windows in your house and your house and your life rather may be shaken, but because you were built for this, it will not collapse and be swept away. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 10, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the dying of Jesus Christ, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. I may not have all good days and I may not have them all the time, but I know that serving the Lord will pay off in due season. My brother and my sister, storms will come and go. It's been said you're either in a storm, coming out of a storm or entering into a storm. But if you've built your life on the foundation of Christ, you have nothing to fear because a good storm will only demonstrate the stability of your foundation. The only way we can be, we can say that we are built for this is because we have found rest in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Because of Jesus' victory at Calvary, because you are in him and he is in you, that means you are built for whatever comes your way. You're this. Somebody ought to be praising God right now. Why? Because you don't ever have to worry about the storms of life 
ever being stronger than the rock that is your foundation, Jesus. You can stand the test of time because the rock has already stood the test of time. You can make it through your tests and trials because the rock has already passed the test and he already overcame, overcame every trial. You can hold on in the middle of your storms because Jesus Christ, the rock, knows how to make the storms of life obey his will. So don't give up when the rains begin to fall. Don't give up. Don't give up when the enemy comes in like a flood. Don't give up. Don't give in in the storms of life because the rock Jesus is stronger than the storm. How do you know? Let me tell you how I know. I was diagnosed with a debilitating disease and was told I would, be, I would barely be able to walk or I might be in a wheelchair. That was my this. My son died unexpectedly at 27 years old. That was my this. They said I had cancer and would need to begin treatment immediately. That was my this. But through it all, the rock, my rock, Jesus held on to me. He, I didn't just add Jesus to my life. I surrendered my life to Jesus. Do you want to know why you can say you're built for this? If Jesus is your foundation, the rock on which you stand, you can make it through your this. Thank you.